Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. chapter 4, I'm going to look quickly tonight at a few short verses. If you look if you look there in verse 35, we'll read God's word there while we're uh, sorting out some of the music station. So Mark 4, verse 35, and the Bible says, In the same day when the even was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat unto the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let's just quickly open up in a word of prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we just thank you now again for this opportunity to come before you um, as, a, as, a, as a family, Lord, as, a, as your church, just a group of believers here, Lord, in this in, in, in this town of Banning College, God, I pray that you just continue to bless us and continue to protect us, God, and we thank you that you're um, protecting us and blessing us while Pastor Nita away, Lord God. We pray that you continue to bless and protect them on their journeys over there in the States and that you bring them back here safely next year, God. I thank you, Lord, for the preaching of your word this morning on prayer, God, and I, you know, as we're talking now, God, I I just ask you, Lord, that um, you continue to teach us, Lord, um, as the days go by, about talking to you and about spending time with you, Lord. And let us not um, just leave this month pass by, Lord, um, without talking to you again, God. It's not just for this month, but it's supposed to be for every day of our lives, God. And I pray that you just um, teach us, Lord. Um, teach us to just grow closer to you and to draw near to you at all times, God. pray for the preaching of your word now that you just... Um, clear our minds, Lord, and soften our hearts, and we just um, praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen. So this evening, I just want to look quickly at a few of these verses here. Um, you know, while I, while I was sitting down there listening to um, Brother Andrew teach this morning on prayer, um, you know, I was praying to God. I was, I was asking God to fill me with something um, of truth from your word. Quite often, as is the case, many preachers will tell you this, but you could be studying for weeks and weeks, and the message that you think you had, um, come the day God changes that. And that is certainly a case for today. I believe that this is a message that God literally um, spoke my heart this morning on, um, and it's it's right here from these verses. Um, it's about storms. This, mo- this, this evening I want to talk to you about dealing with the storms that will come dealing with the storms that will come. In these verses here, we see just after Jesus had been teaching at the Sea of Galilee, he was in the ship and he was teaching in chapter, um, earlier in chapter 4, he was teaching um, a multitude of people um, different different lessons, different truths. And after he was finished teaching here, um, he had commanded his disciples that he wanted to go to the other side of the sea, other side of the Sea of Galilee. So they got into the ship and um, they set forth into the Sea of Galilee, and we see that there arose a storm, um, so much so that it started filling the boat um, with water, and they, the disciples were afraid. They were afraid that they were going to perish, and thus they woke him from his slumber so that Jesus could fix the, the problem here. But first of all, um, I want us to look at just what had happened in these verses, what happened physically at this moment in time that we're reading about here, and then see what truths can we take away from this? What spiritual applications can we apply to our lives today? Because I believe that every word in the Bible 
Um, even though many of the times it speaks about historical things, everything in the Bible is history to us. You know, it was written with the foreknowledge that we would be reading it. It was written for the for our purpose, and um, just like it was written for Christians before us, and it would be for Christians after us. Um, there was always truth in God's word. So the first point that I want us to look at this mor- this evening is, um, you know, how to deal when deal with the storms that will come, and. I say the storms that will come, all right? Because um, you know, sometimes we can go through life, especially when we're younger, and you know, the storms may not have come yet. You know, we we may not have gone through these storms that um, God often talks about in His Word here, but they will come. They will come. And the first thing that we need to do as Christians in order to be able to prepare ourselves and to equip ourselves and to enable ourselves to be able to deal with these storms is firstly we need to expect that the storm will come we need to expect that the storm will come we see here um in verse um uh in in verse 37 when they're in when they're in the ship here and we see that the bible says and there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full what we have to remember here is the disciples were fishermen. Most of these people were fishermen. They were used to um, working in the Sea of Galilee. And even though it's called the Sea of Galilee, if any of you are familiar with the map of um, Israel, it's not very much a sea. It's more like a big lake. Okay, It is in the middle of land. It is landlocked. Um, it is not really a sea. It'd be more accustomed to the lakes of Killarney. Okay? Big body of water, deep body of water, but typically it is a lake, and lakes typically don't get as rough as a sea. Okay, they don't have the tempest and the Atlantic storms and the Pacific storms that you would see out in the big oceans. These fishermen would have been used to this sea, they would have been used to working in this lake, and certainly I don't think that they were expecting a storm of this magnitude to arise on this lake. So they were not prepared for it. They were not expecting this storm to happen. They had got on that ship and set out into that into that lake like they had done many times before, and they had just expected to go through like they had done many times before, safely to the other side. You know, if you've ever went down to any lakes, even on the windiest of days, there's only a little bit of chop in that water. Okay, there's there's there's, there's not enough to overflow a boat. Okay, now these are small ships, they're not big ships, the Bible says here there's other little ships with them, but even these small ships, they were perfectly capable of working in the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee was a small lake. So here we know that these fishermen, these disciples, they, they were not expecting a storm of this magnitude to arise in, in the Sea of Galilee. When they got on that ship, they were not expecting their boat to be filled with water. And I think quite often, you know, many people go through life with that exact same thing. We do not expect the bad things to happen. We do not expect the storms to come upon us. We go through life for possibly our comfort zones, and we go through the paths that we have gone through many times before, and we continue to go through them because we know them. We feel safe there. We feel um, like that we know the path that we're on and we know where we're going. We certainly don't expect bad things to happen to us on that path. And yet, the Bible here is teaching us that bad things can happen. And the storms will happen. Okay, So we need to learn to expect that the storms will come. If we want to be able to enable and equip ourselves to be able to deal with these storms, we first need to expect them that they will come. You know, it's, it's like preparing for exams. I remember doing my uh, leaving cert. Um, and what the teachers kept trying to tell me, what my parents had to tell me, was, you know, if you um, fail to prepare, prepare to fail, you know. Um, and I didn't do a whole lot of uh, preparing um, for my leaving cert. Um, I just wanted to get it over and done with, get, it, get out the door as quickly as possible. You know, I set myself a nice fine goal of Ds. You know, if I could get Ds, I would pass, and if I passed, I'd be happy out the gap and done, you know. But I was not good at preparing. I was not good at, um, you know, expecting that I would fail. I went through most of my leading cert year um, looking at looking at uh, the material less 
than I had done in previous years. You know, I during my leading during the during my leading cert week, the week building up to my to, to the exams, me and my great wisdom on the weekend before I was set to start my first exams on Monday, I thought it would be a great idea to take a job working in a pub for the weekend. Okay, this is this was my mindset at the time. I was not going into the leading cert um, with the expectation that I would fail things. Okay, even even with as little work as I was doing, I. I, I believe that I'd be okay and that I would at least scrape by um, passes. You know, thankfully, you know, God must have been working with me even then because I did scrape through some passes in French and, and Irish. Um, I just just got in there. But if I had prepared and studied and you know actually thought about what could happen and what might happen, then I would have been better prepared going into that exam, and I might have gotten above the barely scraping um, you know, 35% score in, in, in Irish and, and French. You know, it, was, it was due to the, my lack of preparation that I hit that failure, that I was failing that test, so to speak. You know, if I had put in more work and actually thought ahead and planned for it, I could have come <coughs> out through that better. And it's the same through many examples in my life and examples in many people's lives. You know, when we fail to think about the what-ifs and what might happen, we're not prepared for when they do happen. You know, there's a big, there's a big business, a big money-making business called insurance that is built on that exact principle that, you know, you plan for what might happen. You know, hopefully it never happens, but if it does happen, there's at least something for you to fall back on, whether it be medical insurance, you know, car insurance, house insurance, whatever. It's there so that if it does happen, you're covered, okay? You're 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 planning ahead. You're planning for what might happen. You're, um, you know, you're not, um, you know, um, afraid to acknowledge the fact that something may happen at some point in the future, and you're preparing for it. And if if we could just get better at actually, you know, looking at life that way and going, you know what, storms will come. Storms will come in the Christian life, especially so in the Christian life. You know, if there's any life that are going to happen, it's probably going to be the Christian life, okay? Things are going to happen. God says, um, you know, that you shall suffer persecution for my, for my name's sake. You know, we don't suffer persecution in this country yet. But who knows what might happen in a very short period of time. You know, the laws of the world are changing very quickly. Um, it could be within the next few years or less that you'll find it more difficult to go speak to people on the streets, in this country, it is it is already difficult in England, as far as I know. Um, you cannot talk and, and preach to people out in public places over there without getting in trouble. Um, it's against the law, and it's against the law in most places. Thankfully, in this country, we still have that liberty, but that probably, in fact, it's probably most definitely not going to be around for a long period of time. You know, we need to plan to get the word out now while we still can. Right? If we if we're leaving it to later and we're not planning and we're not preparing and expecting that that liberty is going to be cut off from us, we're not going to have the work done when it does happen. You see, we need to prepare for things now. You know, hey, it might not happen, but at least we're prepared for it when it does happen. You see, it's about preparation. You know, if the if the disciples here were prepared, you know, if they expected, you know, to hit some trouble. On, on the, the Sea of Galilee here, Galilee here, I'm sure that they would have been better equipped to deal with it, you know, and the boat mightn't have filled with water so quickly. Um, you know, these were experienced fishermen, they were experienced sailors, I'm sure they could have done something to avoid some of that danger. Um, maybe if they, were ex- if they were conscious to the weather conditions and they were expecting something to happen, they might have actually, you know, said, Jesus, we'll wait, we'll wait an hour or two and we'll, we'll let, this, we'll, we'll, we'll let the, the, the storm calm down a bit. But they did not prepare. They did not plan or expect for that storm to come. But needless to say, it did come. That storm did happen. And we need to prepare as Christians to expect those storms. The storms will be different in all of our lives. You know, the storms that I'll go through will be different from some of the things that you'll go through. And I'm sure as we get closer to the last days, there will be bigger storms that all Christians will go through. But we need to expect them. You know, we cannot be sitting down... And we cannot be um, oblivious to the fact that they're going to happen. 
You know, God has told us that these things will happen. God has told us that in the last days there will be much um, affliction, there will be much tribulation, there will be much troubles and fightings. You know, as we get closer to the last times, it's only going to get worse. All right, it's not going to get better. You know, in, in fact, if anything, the frequency of these storms is probably going to multiply. The frequency of these troubles in the life of the Christian is going to get, um, you know, more commonplace um, and more and, and more frequent. You know, so as we get closer, us more so than them need to be preparing for this. We need to be expecting the storms will happen. If we want to be able to deal with these storms in our lives, whether it be personal storms or whether it's global storms across the world um, for, for, for all Christians, we need to be expecting them to happen. That is the first thing that will enable us and equip us to be able to deal with them when they happen. Look there in verse um, um, in, uh, in, in, in verse 38. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we per- perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the, we- and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? Okay, so right here in in the verses we see, you know, that Jesus was asleep during this time of trouble. Okay, and I'll I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. You know, he was asleep, but when the disciples were fearful, when when the disciples didn't know what to do when the storm came upon them and they were fearful of their own lives, they had went to wake him up. And when they'd woken up and Jesus dealt with the storm, he spoke to it, he told it, stop, calm down. It obeyed him, and the first things out of his mouth were, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? So we, I, wanted, I wanted to point out here, you know, when Jesus asked him specifically that question, How is it that ye have no faith? You see, I believe that the storm here was there for a purpose. God had brought the storm upon the disciples for a purpose. And the second point, or the second um, thing that we need to be able to do as Christians to be able to deal with these storms that come upon us is understand that the storm has a purpose. When these storms come into our lives, um, when these bad things happen, when these trials and tribulations and these testing periods come upon us, we need to sit back and understand that they have a purpose. Okay, God has brought them into our lives for a reason. Okay, we might understand what that reason is, but we need to understand that there is a reason. You know, and when Jesus here asked the question, how is it that you have no faith? The storm here was specifically to test the disciples' faith. Okay, that's what I gather from this portion of scripture. God allowed the storm to occur so that he could test and show the disciples where their faith was. You know, what were they truly trusting in? What were they dependent on? What were they counting on for their safety? Were they counting on their skills and their seamanship for their safety on this boat? Or were they counting on God's protection? Were they counting on the fact that, you know, Jesus, the Son of God, God himself was right there on the boat? God had a plan for Jesus. Jesus' will was to go to Calvary to die on the cross. He was not going to die any other means other than going to the cross. You know, and Jesus had spoke to them about this already, time and time again. After each teaching session with the multitudes, when he spoke in parables, Jesus had often went to the disciples himself and actually taught them more plainly, more clearly. We see that in, in a few verses before that, you know, Jesus actually expounded all things to the disciples. Whatever he taught um, in, in parables to the, to the multitudes, he had actually took time with the disciples to actually teach them what they meant. So they knew what Jesus' purpose was. They knew what, his, what God's will for his life was. And that was the goal to the cross. That was his reason for being, to come to save them, to come to die on the cross. So they should have been trusting in God's plan for Jesus' life. Jesus was not going to drown in the sea on this boat, and neither were they if they were with him. But yet, that's not what they were trusting in. They were trusting in their own abilities like we do. They were trusting in their own skills and their ways um, that they know how to handle situations the ways that they know how to get out of these storms. Um, you can see here when the ship was in distress, and when they were in distress, 
um, and the, the, the boat was full. You know, I can imagine they were doing what you'd often see, you know, in the cartoons, you know, people with buckets trying to get the water out as fast as they can, right? Or, or um, you know, even their hands maybe, who knows? Um, but they were trying to go through and solve this problem, to deal with this situation, to get themselves out of the storm their own way. And that's what we do all the time. You know, that's what men like to do. We like to fix, well, we like to fix things that we want to fix, you know. You know, we don't like to fix things we don't want to fix. You know, if that was the case, everything in the world would get done, right? If we, if we wanted to fix everything, then it would just get done. You know, I often, um, I often, uh, you know, I used to go through my work life, you know, it'll get done when I want to do it, right? That's the way I worked. It'll get done when I want to do it. And um, it's, 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 it's pretty much the same at home sometimes, you know. If I say I'll do it, I'll do it, but I just didn't tell you when I'll do it. You know, I have a list, right? I've got a, I have a, I have a priority list in my head, and, you know, the things I put on them, you know, that, that has to get done first. I work linearly. I, I, I cross one thing off, and I, I go to the next. You know, things don't really go up the list if I don't want it to go up the list, you know. And we need to start um, prioritizing, you know, trusting God and doing the things that he wants us to do during these testing times as opposed to going through our own list. You know, we need to be working off God's list and God's, um, you know, to-do list during these troublesome times as opposed to our own. So, you know, we need to expect that the storms will come because they will come. And we need to understand that the storm has a purpose. And as we see here, I believe that the Bible is telling us, I believe that God is trying to teach us that this storm happened for a reason and the storm was there to show that the disciples needed to trust God more. They needed to trust Jesus more, trust less in their own abilities and trust in him more. It was there to test their faith. That was the purpose of this storm. And when storms come into our lives, when God allows these testing times to happen in our lives, it's there for a reason. You know, I can't look at all of the problems and all of the, the trials and tribulations that people might be going through in this church. You know, I can't, I can't even begin to understand why they might be happening but there is a reason, okay? There is a reason for everything. You know, nothing happens by chance, nothing happens by coincidence. Um, they happen because God allows them to happen, and God allows them to happen for a reason. You know, there's a purpose in the storms. So we need to understand the storms have a purpose. And we need to draw close to God. We need to, we need to go into his word and spend time with him in prayer and spend time with him asking him, what's all this about? You know, why is this happening in my life, God? He might not answer straight away, but you know, slowly but surely, when he's ready, he will reveal the purpose for that storm. You mightn't see it till afterwards, <laughs> okay? You might not see it until the storm was all done, but there is a reason and a purpose there for it, and we just need to stay close to him. We need to stay close to him and trust in him during these storms and trust in his purpose for the storm. And, you know, just like David was saying when he was in the valley... You know, when he was going through the valley, he knew that God was with him. God was protecting him. Whether he was up high on the top of the mountains or in the bottom of the valley, in the shadow of it, God was with him. He trusted that God was with him through the good times and the bad times. And it's the same with us. We need to trust that God is with us even in the bad times. You know, a lot of the, a lot of times we have no problem praising God and, and, and heaping out praises to God and being joyful and joyous when things are going good in our lives. And then as soon as the rugs pull out from under us, all of a sudden the joy ceases and the praises stop. You know, and we need to kind of change that around. It's actually the opposite. When we're going through the tough times, that's when we should be even more joyous and we should be even pouring out more praises. You know, we should be, we should be running into the throne of grace with nothing but praise for God and not, you know, questioning him and, and, you know, being angry at him for the storm in our life and being angry at him for the testing time that he's putting us through. But in fact, we should be running to thank him that he is actually, you know, trying to make us better. That he is trying to mold us into a finer vessel just like he would do a piece of clay or a fine piece of gold. He's trying to get rid of the bad impurities in our lives. He's trying to get rid of the things that are holding us back, that are, um, that are you know, bringing down our usefulness or, or, or effectiveness for him, from him. He's trying to clear away the dross. Okay? He's pulling us through these things to enable us 
to actually be closer to him and to be more effective for him and to be um, just an all-around better Christian and soldier and servant for his purposes. That's why he allows the storms to happen for us. And we need to understand that. We need to understand that there is a purpose to the storms that God allows us in our lives. So to deal with the storms that will come, we need to expect that they'll come. We can't be sitting down, you know, and thinking they won't or, or hoping they won't. We need to know that they'll come. They will come at some point or another. God has a plan for each and every one of us, a purpose for each and every one of us. It's different. Timings are different. But God will bring testing times into each of our lives, just like the disciples here, to test our faith, to show us what are we really depending on. You know, is our trust really in God or is our trust in our own abilities? They will come. Thirdly, I want you to see here, I want you to see here that you can have peace in the storm. You can have peace in this storm. Look there in verse 38. The Bible says, And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Who is to him? Jesus. Jesus was asleep on the back of the ship during this storm on this lake on a pillow. You know, and I like I like the way that, uh, Mark records in his records in his gospel here that Jesus was on a pillow. Jesus was having a peaceful slumber. Jesus was having a good sleep. You know, he had a pillow. And when I when I read that he had a pillow. The first thing that comes into my mind is that, you know, Jesus was truly at peace. Jesus was calm, okay? The storm might have been around them, and the sea, the, the, the waters of, of the Sea of Galilee might have been rough, and the wind might have been howling, something fierce. And even though the disciples were running around like headless chickens trying to fix the problem, Jesus was calm. Jesus was at peace, okay? Jesus was not worried at all, you know? He was fully content in his position, and he was just sleeping on this pillow. And Jesus was at peace during this storm. The disciples weren't, even though I believe that that's the lesson he was trying to teach them. You can have peace too in the storms, if you just trust in me, if you just trust in God. You can go through the storm too, as bad as it might be, and as much work as it might take for you to get through it, it's okay. You know, I'm with you, and I'm in charge, and... You know, I'll take care of you, and I'll take care of this situation. I think that is what he was trying to teach the disciples here, and I believe that that's what he's trying to teach us too, that we too can go through the storms in our lives and have peace, you know. And nobody, not even Satan himself, can take that peace away from you. You actually have to offload that peace. That peace is in you, right? God has given us his Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit dwells in us. God himself dwells in us. You know, we should have a peace that passes all understanding. And we do. But quite often, we take that peace, we take the joy, we take the, the um, you know, the, 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 the love and the charity um, and, 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 and all these things that God gives us, and we actually throw it away or we hand it off. We push it aside. You see, no one can take that peace from you. We have to push it away. We have to put it to one side and we go back into our own way of doing things, the old man type of type of way of handling things. We, we start relying on ourselves and we start depending on our own abilities and our own skills and we push all of God's gracious gifts away to one side because we think it's better to deal with it ourselves. And then we wonder why we're so stressed. We wonder why we're so depressed. We wonder why we're um, you know really struggling through this testing time even though we, we know what a you know, the testing times are happening because God allowed them to happen and God is in control, but yet we still find ourselves struggling through it. I believe it's because we're pushing our peace away. We're actually handing over that peace to someone, to, 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 to Satan or someone else, and we are trying to go through that storm without the peace of God upon us. You know, God says, um, you know, you know, um, be still and, and, and know that I am God in and, and Psalm 46.10. You know, we should have that stillness, that peace inside of us that even though the storm would be tough and there might be lots of troubles in our lives, we should still be able to go through that with that same peace, that same peace that Jesus himself had. Why? Because Jesus was trusting in God, his Father, 
that God was going to take care of him. He knew that there was a will for his life. He knew that God had a plan for his life. And he knew that God was not going to let anything happen to him that would upset that plan. You see, Jesus would have been the one that would have had to give over that peace. Jesus would have been the one that would have to decide how he reacted in this storm. Jesus would have been the one that would have to make that decision with himself to give over that peace. He would have been the one that would have had to make a decision to run around like the disciples were running around the ship and worry and fret and be nervous and to be fearful and to be scared of the situation and you know worrying about the the um, what might happen you know if you know more water comes in or what happens if the wind blows up against this side or what happens if we hit a rock all these things that were going through the disciples' minds they were without their own doing they were the ones that were choosing to be weary they were the ones that were choosing to be frightened to be scared be um, you know vexed they were bringing all this upon themselves you know Jesus had peace Jesus was quite content to just trust in God for his safety at all times no matter where he went you know when he went into the when he went into the synagogues preaching against the Pharisees at any moment at any one moment in time the Pharisees could have um, got really angry at him and done something or had the Romans do something to him or maybe just the Romans would have done something to him anyway because they wanted to because they were in charge but Jesus wasn't worrying about any of this. Jesus kept going through it. And the Apostle Paul had that same peace. You know, that the Apostle Paul, when he went and preached in the synagogues and preached um, amongst the Gentiles and going into Rome and going into um, the Jewish areas, you know, he was stoned many times before. And each time he kept going again, even though he probably knew he could get something worse, and he often did. But he still had that peace in him. He, you know... He wasn't allowing his fear or um, or he wasn't allowing himself to allow himself not, not to go. Okay, He was constantly keeping that same peace in about him. Despite the challenges that were ahead of him, despite the troubles that he was going through, he always had that peace. And you see, I think Paul knew that. I think Paul, after his time and many time of learning about God and drawing close to him, he knew that it was only him that could hand over that peace. You know, no one could take it from him. Like, no one could take his joy. Okay, that's, that's a gift from God. It's a fruit of the Spirit. You know, we're supposed to give it out to people. We're supposed to be fruitful and give it to people and, and be joyful towards others. But no one should be able to take our joy. Okay, no one should be able to steal that or rob that from you. We push it aside. Okay, it doesn't matter. You know, sometimes we can blame, you know, we can blame Satan for this and we can blame the evil of the world for this. But at the end of the day, they can't take that from us. Okay, that's something we have to hand over okay and a lot of the time that's what we do we hand over the peace that is within us but i think we need to learn the truth that that peace can't be taken from us you know we need to keep it inside ourselves and when we're going through the storms if we grip onto that peace if we grip on to the fact that we know that there is a purpose and a reason for this storm and this trouble in our life we know that god is bringing it for a reason and the reason can only be a positive one Right, to teach us something new, to enable us to be better, to enable us to maybe get the victory over some problems in our lives. You know, we need to understand that the storm has a purpose. You know, we need to expect it'll come, and we need to know that we can have peace through that storm. You know, we can go through the tough times in our lives, um, despite how tough they might seem, and still have the peace of God upon us. No one can take that peace from us. Okay, no one can take it. It's it's there. It's it's within you. You have to make the choice. Are you going to retain that peace and be peaceful through the storm and just cling close to God through it, hold His hand while you're going through it, or are you going to hand hand off the peace and push it um, aside? Are you going to lock it in the cupboard at home and go through that storm in your own abilities? Because um, you know if you do that, we know the outcome. You know, we can see from the Bible at times when David had pushed his peace to one side and he had to go through some troublesome times and David got depressed. You know, you look at Psalms, it's all about David's depression. David's stress and worrying about the dangers around him. Why? Because he pushed the peace of God that was in him to one side. He locked it in the cupboard and for a while he went on his own um, abilities and his own way of doing things. Um, and I think we need we need to learn that that's how not to do it. That's, that, that's, that's how we shouldn't go through the storms. And that's why I believe that it's here in, in this passage of Scripture. 
It's teaching us what we should be doing in the storms as well as what we shouldn't be doing. And we certainly shouldn't be pushing our peace to the side. We need to keep that upon us so we can have peace in the storm. Finally, I want us to notice that God is in control of the storm. God is in control of the storm. We need to know this. You know, in verse 41, the Bible says, after Jesus had uh, after Jesus had him asked them and quizzed them, you know, why 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 have ye no faith? The Bible says, and they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? They quickly went from being afraid of the storm to being afraid of Jesus, and they were afraid of Jesus not because he was asking them, why don't they have any faith? They were afraid of him because of what he could do simply by speaking. Okay, He just spoke to the wind and spoke to the water to be calm. We see there in, in verse 39, he just simply said, peace, be still. You know, and I, and I don't think it's a coincidence that Jesus said, peace, be still. He had peace, and you know, he was pouring out that same peace that even the water and the wind that was raging, just by Jesus giving his peace to it, it ceased, and it was peace, peaceful. And that's the same thing that we got. You know, when we were born again, we got that same peace. We got that same peace from God. And they were afraid here because of what Jesus could do simply through his words. You know, we have the completed revelation of God. We have the full Bible. The disciples did not. And we know the beginning and the end. And we can see from the beginning that even, you know, God spoke creation into existence. You know, um, he, he, he spoke the universe into existence. He spoke the earth into existence. He spoke light into existence. Everything he did at the point of creation, he just simply spoke was through the word. It was through Jesus, the word. And here, Jesus, that same God, that same word, he simply used his words to bring peace upon that raging storm. And the disciples were afraid. The disciples were afraid that Jesus could control the elements of nature that they were well used to, that they, you know, they, they you know, stormy weather and, and, and you know, rain and, and wind and, and rough seas when they were actually out in, you know, the Mediterranean. They, they weren't, you know, this, this wasn't news to them. This wasn't something that they, that they weren't aware of. Um, they knew about nature, but yet they were afraid that Jesus could control the, 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 the weather, that, that even the wind and the sea obey him. They were fearful of what Jesus could do simply by speaking. Okay? And when I look at this verse, um, you know, what, what, they, what they weren't grasping straight away at this moment in time, as soon as Jesus had spoke to the sea, spoke to the, to the, to the wind and to be still, I believe that they, hadn't, they, they weren't thinking of the real truth of that lesson. Okay, I believe that if they had really were paying attention to what was going on and a bit more clued in to um, God's work in their lives and God's work in their life at this moment of time with this test, I think that they would have responded, you know, with a more positive outlook and said, you know, thank God that God is in control of all of these things. Thank God that God is in control of this storm. You know, we had no reason to fear because God was in control. We need to remember and to always know that God is in control. God is always in control of every storm that might happen in our lives. All of the trouble, all of the tribulations that have happened, that might be happening, and that will happen, God is in control. God is always in charge. Nothing happens without his knowing. God does not get surprised. Okay, God does not get um, blindsided or flanked. He is always in, in control. Everything that happens in this world, everything that happened in this world, happened because God allowed it to. Okay? We don't understand all the reasons for it. I don't understand why tsunamis happen and people die. I don't understand why, um, you know, 
someone like Adolf Hitler would be able to get himself into a, power, into a position of power that he could control many Germans to do his will and to go off and kill countless millions of, of um, not just Jewish people, but people in general. You know, why did this happen? I don't know the reason. But I know that it didn't happen without God knowing about it. God is in control of all things. You know, we mightn't, we probably won't find out the reasons for these things until we see him in heaven. You know, God will make all things clear in his time. God will teach us in heaven. We'll have lots of time. You know, he can spend all eternity trying to explain um, the many wonderful um, and exceedingly amazing things about him and his reasons for doing things when we're there with him. All we have to go on right now is his word, what's contained in the Bible, and what he chooses to teach us and reveal to us in our own lives through our prayer life with him and through other circumstances he might bring us along. You know, we, we, we mightn't understand the reasons for everything, but God is always in control. And that's, that's the critical thing we need. You know, God, is, God hasn't given us every single thing that, um, you know, that he thinks about, that he um, uh, is concerned about, all of his plans. He's only given us plans that we need to know about. He's only given us the information that we need to get through this life, to do his will in this life, so that we can go to heaven. He's given us all that. Everything in the book, from start to finish, is everything we need for this life. We don't need anything else. You know, there's a lot of, you know, so-called prophets, you know, going around, whether it be on the internet or, you know, blogs, YouTube, whatever, um, and, you know, the things that they'll say will be, I got a new revelation from God. I got a new truth, you know. Um, we don't need it. We don't need anything new. We don't need anything extra. Uh, you know, we don't need to fill in the blanks or the gaps that might be there. Um, we have everything we need. All right, we have the Bible completely covered from start to finish. That is the entire set of instructions. That's the entire roadmap for the life as a Christian. We don't need anything else. We don't need anything new. What we do need is to keep in our minds and our hearts that what we don't know and what we don't have, God knows. And God has that plan. God has the map. And he's operating on his own map. And we will get there safely if we just trust in him. We will get through it if we just remember that God is in control of that situation. You know, not to give up. You know, sometimes we go through these tough situations and we give up. You know, we, we stop fighting or, or, or we stop moving forward. We think that, you know, um, you know, it's not worth it or I can't get out of this or um, this is too difficult for me. And the truth is it probably is too difficult for you. That's where God is trying to teach us the trust in him the trust in his abilities, the trust in his um, power as opposed to our own. We need to remember and know that God is in control of the storms in our lives. You know, if we, if we go through our Christian life constantly um, questioning whether God knows or whether God's aware of what I'm going through, I think we're missing the point. You know, I think if, we, if we're going through our lives and going through every single bad thing that happens or every test or, or troubling situation that happens and if, if what's going through our mind is the same as what was going through the disciples' mind um, and that is thinking about um, you know the situation more than thinking about what God's plan and purpose is through that situation we'll end up in the exact same place as disciples were and that's not in the will of God. You know, the will of God was where Jesus was. The will of God was Jesus being peace-filled, being calm through that storm, going through the storm and trusting in God's protection through that storm. That was the will of God for Jesus, okay? The will of God for the disciples should have been for them also to go through that storm and have the same peace and have the same calmness about them and just to trust in him and to trust in God not what they did here, okay? Not to um, go through that storm and not have any faith. That's why Jesus asked them, why, you know, how is it that ye have no faith? You know, not, you know, look, look at that small word there, no, no faith, you know? Jesus, Jesus didn't say, why do you have little faith or why do you have a bit of it or why do you have a small amount 
Um, why, why do you have less than him, John? Why do you have less than him, Matthew? He said, why do all of you have no faith? You have no faith in me. You've got no faith in God. You've got no faith in his will for us. And, you know, we need to um, be the exact opposite of the disciples here. We need to know that to be in the will of God is to fully submerse ourselves and trust in him. Okay, when, you know, when we were baptized, we were showing a sign that we were putting ourselves fully into Jesus, that we were surrendering our, surrendering our lives, surrendering ourselves, that we were dying to ourselves, just like Jesus had died on the cross, and that we would rise again and we would be fully in him, that we would be fully trusting in him, that we would be fully, um, you know, with Jesus, with God, through all parts of our lives. And yet, at times, we still kind of fall back into that old, that old nature, that old man way of doing things, whereby... You know, we, we don't have that faith. We're not putting our trust fully in God. We, we continue to go through the troublesome times, the storms, the challenges, um, and have no faith, you know. Sometimes we need to look at ourselves and examine ourselves when we're going through these storms. We could be going through them right now. I don't know the situations of, of all your lives. But if, we, if you are in one of those situations and you find that you're hitting against the wall, that you're, that you're possibly stressed and, and, and depressed and weary and worried and troubled, you know, and you're constantly waking up every morning or going to sleep every night with thoughts in your mind and just thinking of the struggles that you have to face the following day. You know, if you're in that situation and you're like the disciples here, um, you know, maybe you need to kind of take some time to step back from the situation just spend some time with God, examine yourself, and just find out, where's your faith? You know, um, do you have faith? Are you trusting in God? Are you fully trusting in Him? You know, not trusting that God will get you out of that situation, trusting God in that situation. Trusting that He is in control of that situation, that He was the instigator of that situation. It didn't happen without His foreknowledge. It's happening because of God's plan, God is trying to use that situation to actually equip you or to enable you or to make you better in some way, shape, or form. I don't know what, 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 what the purpose is, but there is a purpose. There is always a purpose, and it is only a positive one. It might seem difficult at the time, but you know, if we go through those situations and actually have faith, we fully trust in God, we fully expect that, you know, the storm is of his doing. It's, 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 uh, it's of God's plan and purpose. It didn't just happen by accident or that it's just some bad luck or bad thing happening in, in our lives. You know, it's of God's will and God's purpose. You know, and if we just have our full faith and our trust in him and we also hold on to that peace that's inside of us, we'll get through the storm. The bad situation, the tough trial will come and go and we'll be on the other side the person, the Christian that God wants us to be, the God that God needs us to be. You know, he needed to teach the disciples here something about faith, something about trust. Why did he need to teach them? Because Jesus knew that in, you know, sometime in the not-too-distant future that he would be leaving them and that he would have many commandments for them and many tough things for them to do that would only become a lot tougher when Jesus left. You know, he had, he, he had specifically told, told the disciples, or he will tell them at a later stage, that, you know, you know, you will suffer persecution in my name. When you're going out preaching and teaching in my name and, and spreading the gospel to all of the nations, you will get um, persecuted. You will get stoned. You will get arrested. You will probably get chased out. Um, people will try to kill you. Um, you won't have wealth. You won't have um, all of these good things. You won't have the easy life. These were all the things that Jesus knew was down the road for them, you know, that they would suffer problems, and he was trying to teach them that you need to have faith through these problems, okay, he was trying to teach them and so that they could be enabled to go through storms of their own life when Jesus was gone, when, when, when Jesus was no longer there with them in person, that they would be equipped and enabled to go through those storms, you know, this was not the only storm that was going to happen in the lives of these disciples, you know, we see in the book of Acts, many storms that happened through to, to various of the apostles, various disciples, whether it was, whether it was the stoning um, you know, of, 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 of certain Christians, they were being arrested, you know, Paul was arrested, John was arrested, 
Um, you know, some of them were, were killed, crucified violently. You know, they were going to go through problems. And here, Jesus was trying to teach them, you need to have faith. You need to, you need to fully trust in me, fully trust in God, the Father, that he has a will and a purpose for your life, that this bad thing that's coming upon you is of God's doing, and God is using it for his glory and to make you better in some way. And, um, you know, to, 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 to equip you to be the Christian, to be the servant, to be the minister that he wants us to be. You know, it is there for that purpose. So, to, you know, to, in summary, to deal with the storms that will come, um, you know, you first need to expect that it'll come. You know, we need to always be ready for the challenges and, and for the, 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 the tribulations and the trials and the testing periods that, that, will, that will come. Um, you know, that's what, he had, that, that's what he was teaching the disciples when he went to pray. You know, he's saying, watch and pray. Be ready, you know, for, um, for the things that are going to happen. We need to be constantly in a, in a mindset of watching and praying, watching and being ready. Expect um, the storms to come in front of us. You know, we need to understand that that storm has a purpose. Um, you know, we need, to, we need to fully acknowledge that God um, is allowing this for a reason. You know, there, there's a purpose for it. It's, it's, um, it's, it's there to make us better in some way, shape, or form. And, you know, we can have peace through those storms. Um, and as I said, no one can take that peace away from you. You have to give it over, okay? Um, and only you can make that choice. You know, quite often, um, you know, when we're, when, when we're going through any situation in life, whether it's just conversing um, with people, you know, handling a business transaction, handling some sort of dispute that happens. You know, we can't control what the other person does, but we can control how we react. You know, and it's the same thing in, in, in this case. When we're going through a storm, we can't control the storm, but we can control how we react to that storm. And the way we should be reacting is by keeping that peace with us. And we need to know and always remember and know that God is in control of the storm. It is happening um, with God's say-so, it is happening with God's permission, and um, you know, um, it's not something that's catching God by surprise. And if it's not catching God by surprise, and God's aware of it, then we should have no reason to fear it. We should be fully trusting him at all times because he's able to do all things. Nothing is impossible um, with God. Uh, let's pray.